0: Hey kids, on this episode of Cinemodities, Rob just wants to say hi.
1: With Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally these projects gel, most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp.
0: I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And this week on Cinemodities, we are just chugging along, moving through Monstober, the series we have for you this great October. And I think this this might be kind of we're fully in Monstober form. I feel like for the first time ever, we're doing something that you really think of as a mon-stober movie. Not that the last ones weren't real scary stories. Maybe you think it's scary, uh, freaked. Uh, <laughs> that was monstrous, but but not very scary. And now really, we're getting into the good stuff. But before before we do any of it, Zach, because I know. You have a lot to say about this. I have to I have to express a concern. When you gave me this movie and I read the title, the first thing I so- I thought to myself was, is this a spoiler? And guess what? It is a spoiler. Jason does in fact go to hell in the last 5 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I was very displeased. I thought there was going to be a twist. I thought Jason was going to go to heaven. I thought there was going to be another character named Jason that Jason Voorhees sends to hell. But no, I just got spoiled right off the bat with Jason Goes to Hell. So, Zach, that's my first, my first problem with this movie, I would say. But with that out of the way, I've already said the title. If you couldn't guess it, Jason Goes to Hell. Zach, why did you want to talk about this? Let's just start there. It's a Zach's choice. Yes, pretty
1: much all of Monstover is a Zach's choice.
0: <laughs> See,
1: like I said, folks, this is the month... When
0: Rob except, makes to, <laughs> except for that Goosebumps.
1: Except for that Goosebumps. Other than that, the entire month, is, or basically the entire year, is just me like listening to Rob nonsense and just telling myself, just wait for Monstover. They'll all be worth it come Monstover. <laughs> and then come November, it's all downhill from there. But no, the reason why I picked this movie... Was I, as part of Mont Stober, I try to pick a collection of films that really uh, put me in the Halloween-y tight mood. Some of those obviously are more kid-friendly, like Real Scary Stories, or other ones we'll be getting to in the coming weeks. Uh, or even like Goosebumps. But this is one where this is firmly a, a movie for adults, or you or me, like an, a nine-year-old watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, maybe not, not. Nine, ten-year-old maybe. I'd say ten years old. Okay, okay. This is easily the most... I don't know if it's the most disliked. It's weird. The Jason fandom is all over the place nowadays. Okay. It's definitely not one of the more popular ones. I think it's probably tied with Jason X. Which, big, one,
0: which one is this in the series, if you can number them? Which, this is which, part nine. Oh. Part nine. Wow. I would have guessed, like, six. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, a little breakdown of the Jason history, obviously. Uh, spoiler alert for a film that came out almost 40 years ago. The original Friday the 13th, Jason has a very small role in that. Uh, Betsy Palmer is the killer of that film. Most people don't know that. The been pretty much every film after that is Jason centric, except for the fifth one. Jason is not in the fifth film. Ooh. Yes, the, uh, spoiler alert for a film that's 30 years old.
0: What's that one? What's the subtitle on the fifth one? New Beginning? The New Beginning?
1: Oh. I don't know the I don't know the article, but it's A uh, or The New Beginning.
0: I hope it's A New Beginning and that it's almost a shot-for-shock remake of Star Wars A New Hope.
1: <laughs> only hope. Yeah. You have that, but this one's one of the more maligned sequels. This was part of the Friday the 13th once Paramount lost the rights to Jason. Uh, part of the thing, we'll get into this later on, is that uh, the, the rights to Jason – or uh, yes. more Jason, not just the franchise. The rights to Jason as an intellectual property are mm-hmm. all over the place. That's the reason why we have not gotten a new Friday the 13th uh, Jason film in close to a decade. Or actually, more likely a decade because the last one came out in February 2009. And considering there's not one scheduled to be released before then, we're gonna, it's gonna be, <laughs> this is the longest we've ever gone without a Friday the 13th Jason film, which is mm, wow. good in one respect because I don't think they're ever going to try to do anything as uh, imaginative as they did with this film. Yeah. But more on that later. So Rob, uh, why do, so I presented this movie to you. What are you are not a big horror slasher fan. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that is correct. And I think it all stems from a, an event that I might have mentioned on this podcast before, but it will it will certainly come up uh continued throughout monstober uh i think when i was like eight or nine years old my dad was like we're gonna watch the original halloween and they just sat down it's like this is the movie we're watching it scared the shit out of me and it scared me so much that i kind of just voluntarily chose to stay away from the slasher type movie i wouldn't say that i stayed away from horror overall but i really stayed away from that like you know specific one big bad guy is just killing a bunch of people type of thing. I just did, from my childhood traumatic experience of losing sleep because of Michael Myers, I was just like, no. I got a little more into the slasher and I guess the home invasion horror stories later in high school, I think when I met Zach. And, of course, I think it really came back into my, um, not, not making me a fan, but making me accept it is when Zach was like, we're going to see the new Friday the 13th back in the 2000s. We're going to see the new Nightmare on Elm Street back in the 2000s. And at that point, with Zach and I's track record of going to movies and laughing at them, I knew I wasn't going to be scared. So I kind of, you know, went and I got a better perspective on them. Um, and so now I'm, I'm kind of neutral towards horror slasher movies. I'm not a big fan. I'm not scared of them anymore. They just kind of exist. And I'll watch him every time Zach has one to throw at me. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And I want on the record
1: that when I when I got Rob to go see the Friday the Thirteenth remake in two thousand nine, I remember when he got into the car that day. He goes, I asked because I think we saw it the week after it was released. We saw it in its second release or okay. I guess weekend. And mm-hmm. Rob got into the car and he's like, I asked a bunch of kids in my history class. If there was lots of boo or nudity and gore, and they said no, and maybe it wasn't gore. It was, I asked them if there was a lot of nudity, and they said yes. So
0: I'm fully on board with. That. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, I. Uh, <laughs> you get me. You Robin get me Crow late. Rate that claim. You get me late in high school, and you're like, "Hey, you want to see this movie that you know scared you a lot when you were a kid?" I, I'm not surprised that I said, are there tits? I'm not surprised. And if the answer was yes, you got me there. It's a win-win, right? <laughs> yes.
1: In the, in the Friday the 13th remake, which we will definitely get into at one point. I w- we are, that is on the short list. Cause I find that that is maybe one of the hallmarks. if not a Genesis point for cinematis.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Oh
1: yeah. That's, that that's was a a, right there. <laughs> that was, a, that was a landmark experience when it came to a uh, laughing at a movie in the theater.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> but that again, like I said, we'll get into that in a moment. Maybe a later date, maybe even today. But no, Jason goes to hell. Not one of the more popular ones. But my introduction to like any good uh, cinematic story is obviously the history of how we got into these things. Rob obviously got Michael Myers shoved down his throat at a very young age, and it caused him to be kind of repulsed to the genre or the subgenre, you could call it. Whereas I remember. I remember the first time I ever got into the slasher films. I remember there was a, a, movie, a VHS rental store near my house. There was a horror movie section. And I remember still seeing the box with Freddy Krueger on the cover.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was a VHS box. And I remember just being like intrigued by it. I always wanted to see a, a, a Freddy Krueger film, Nightmare on Elm Street. And my mother wouldn't let me. She's like, no, it'll give you nightmares. It's not appropriate for you. And I really wanted to see it. And I remember even when I was younger too. You go into Walmart, and I live in Florida, obviously anybody knows uh, F- Florida and Walmart are synonymous terms. <laughs> and I remember, I remember this to this uh, to this day. I can they you'd walk in, and they'd have like a display like come like end of September, early October. It was like a little cardboard. I don't want to call it cutout, but kind of like a thing. They have horror movies placed there, and they pretty much have like, all the big ones. And for the early two thousands, that was clearly the Freddy's, the Jasons, the Michael Myers. Yep uh pinhead uh probably exorcist some other big titles near their household names yeah, and I, yeah. And I remember seeing that and i remember back i think it was fourth grade my mother picked me up from school and i guess before she picked me up she stopped at walmart and she's like i got you something go like look in the bag in the back seat of the car i opened it and it was a nightmare on elm street too and I'm oh. Like, oh my god this is the coolest thing ever and I'm like, but wait, it's Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Like I, I haven't seen night- <laughs> like like the joke. Rob always make. How can I see Fantastic <laughs> Four? I haven't seen the previous three. Uh, it's like I need to see Nightmare on Elm Street one. And she's like, oh, I didn't get the right one. And I'm like, no, but I'm, I'm happy to have one all the same. And I think between that night, or I guess I don't know what happened. She actually fought it over and she's like, this isn't appropriate for you. This was a lapse in judgment
0: as a parent. I am
1: returning this. Oh,
0: that is so dirty. Oh, that's, oh my God, I can feel the pain in my heart right now. I don't remember being too angry
1: about it, though. Like, I don't remember being angry about it. And I kind of really wish I had seen it then, because if anybody knows anything about the second Nightmare on Elm Street film, it's the homoerotic one, where there are so many gay undertones to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to know like, what 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 would it would be like for like a nine year old being that first their first experience to horror films being that film in particular.
0: This story makes me think of I don't know if Zach's ever seen it, but there's a meme out there where it's like a mother and child and there's like a like a very flamboyant gay man in the background and the mother's like, Ricky, I don't want you to look at him. And he's like, it's too late, mother. I'm already gay. And are like, the next <laughs> panel, he's like really, really flamboyant as well. That's what I'm imagining, where your mom is just like, he's either going to be a murderer or a homosexual. <laughs> Oh, back in boy. the early
1: two thousands, yeah, <laughs> the early two thousands mindset. No, but the thing—I don't think she—I she, I don't think she knew what the movie was about, like specifically. I think it was just like oh. the violence and the gore. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm about to track down a, a copy of the VHS of that film to see maybe with the like if the back gave any clues as to what the movie, like specifically what the movie was about yeah, beyond just yeah. um, generic slasher. Uh, no, so that was like my really first instance with slasher films. So the next horror movie I got into was it was during um, the. Fall of 2002, I can still remember to this day being in Walmart again. It was the Halloween time, it was late September, early October, and Jason X just came out on DVD. Okay, and I remember convincing my mother because I'm like, No, I want this, I want this. Obviously, a lot of time had passed since the Nightmare on Elm Street instances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, I want this, and she's like, All right, but like something like that. And so, I got firmly on the horror train at that point. That's when okay. I really started to, um, like I almost say I fell in love because I think I didn't really fall in love with these characters until a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But that's when I firmly got on the train. And the funny thing, Jason X, anybody who's seen Jason X, it's it's, it's an entertaining movie because of how dumb it is. But the thing that really captured my imagination at the time was there was a documentary on there. It was like 30 minutes long. It was like The Many Lies of Jason Voorhees. And it was like they had like different, not a lot of horror, horror aficionados, mm-hmm. but they had like uh, Joe Bob Briggs who did... Uh, Monster Vision on TNT in the '90s, okay. and they interviewed a couple, like, and they have like two random guys who are just like fans. You can tell they're like, one's wearing like a coonskin cap, has <laughs> a guitar. It's it's a really weird, like, I, I, like obviously whoever directed this segment was friends with these guys and thought they were fun to look at. Yeah, and if I think about that clip, though, they showed a bunch of stuff because they showed like clips from like Nightmare on Elm Street, and they only show clips funny enough from Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X because the rights to Jason or Friday the Thirteenth one through eight still belong with Paramount. So they legally couldn't use any of the clips yeah. unless they licensed them. But no, it was that was the content kind of that captured my mind or captured my um my imagination. And I really just kind of glommed onto these characters. And this was still during the time where again I was only 10. So like even though the internet was around, you could buy things online and have them ship to your house, mm-hmm. I didn't have that that sex uh, accessibility. So you either bought these movies during the month of October yep. and that was it. Like you, you like Circuit City, Walmart. We have a Best Buy. Didn't really carry those films outside of the, the horror time, unless you, I guess you really yeah. look for them.
0: Yeah, they're seasonal items almost. It's,
1: exactly, it's kind of like how you don't expect to find like a horror prop in March in like Walmart. Yeah. It's just it's just yeah. it's not there.
0: <laughs> and
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'd be really yeah, funny. They don't
0: do they don't do the. There's no like uh all year round Halloween store missing a floor in Florida. I wish. Zach, that, I don't think Zach country. will get... Forget Florida. Everywhere. Everywhere. I don't think Zach will get the without a floor reference, but I'll put the clip in here. <laughs> if Zach
1: had his druthers, Spirit Halloween would be a yearly place you could go to. It, does, it, it
0: just does not shut down. Zach's would have a floor, though, that you could walk into. It wouldn't be like just you walk in thinking it's a cool store and fall to your death, right? I still don't get it. Or would that – well, would your store be fall to your death or an actual Halloween store? That's the I question. hope that. I'd hope it'd be the latter. <laughs> okay. Well, I got clips on the former. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> Shh. No, no, no. Put, put it here. Put it here. Okay, okay. I'll do it. <clears throat> Has this ever
2: happened to you?
1: Has whatever happened to me?
2: Todd? Yes, Mr. Peanut Butter. What's going on? Why are you talking like that?
1: Todd. I just got a phenomenal idea for a Halloween costume. Why don't you and I dash over to the store right quick and spend some hard-earned American money? Oh, but Mr. Peanut Butter, didn't you hear? It's January, and the Halloween store won't open for another nine months. But I want satisfaction now. Has this ever happened to
0: you? Not to anyone
1: ever at any time.
0: <clears throat> we give you... Halloween in January, a truly immersive Halloween experience for the rest of us. Halloween in
1: January? Please elaborate.
0: Okay, but before I do, tell the audience, have we ever met Never. Well, according to facts, there's more suicides in January than
1: any other month. Yeah, I'm getting pretty close over here. Also, there's less Halloween stores.
0: Coincidence?
1: Wow, I'm convinced. This store could save lives. Unbelievable. When your powers combine, you are somehow even more stupid than the sum of your stupids. Thank you. Go on. You stop encouraging him, and you stop encouraging him. The two of you are playing with fire. A fire called having a good idea? Or maybe a fire called friendship? Fires aren't called things. Well, what about the Chicago fire? Finally, a Halloween store for the rest of... (laughs) So no, so like I got into. I remember that year I actually went as Freddy. I don't think I would seen a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Yeah, I went as Freddy Krueger for Halloween. Nice. And that's kind of like how I just did that. So like soon after I saw Jason X, the only other way to see horror films. Was through Blockbuster because Blockbuster had a very definitive horror collection of the 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 popular ones. You couldn't again. I I doubt Eraserhead was there in the horror movies of Blockbuster in the early two thousands.
0: Yeah, I would I would be blown away if it was. Maybe it was. Who knows?
1: I I doubt it, but that'd be a fun. If anyone's listening is like in their fifties now, was a Eraserhead available at Blockbuster? Let us know. (laughs) Comment down below. (laughs) So, and that's how I got introduced to this movie. I think that was the only one that was available. I don't think they had any of the others, or if they did, they didn't really. Or maybe it was the fact that the cover is very unique. If you type "Jason goes into hell" into Google, the first image you'll see is the flames and the silver Jason mask, Mm -hmm. or I guess hockey mask, and you have like a weird like slug creature crawling through the holes
0: of the the eye holes of the mask. Yeah, you know what? To be fair, um, uh, in my research for this, I I looked. You know, I I saw that. I wouldn't say I looked up that picture um, specifically, but I saw it. I, I'm fairly confident I've seen that before, even though I had never seen this movie prior uh, to this recording, really. So that is, like you were saying, a unique or an iconic uh, picture, box picture to some extent.
1: This was back during the heyday of places like blockbusters and video stores. So a lot of the appeal of getting a movie was having an interesting box art cover. Yeah. I know a lot of people have affinity for the Friday the 13th posters, but like you look at those first three or four films and their cover art, and they are just bland. Like the first one, just a bunch of people in the woods. and It's like a silhouette of someone holding a bloody knife. It's like that that doesn't make you want like, – if you've never heard of this franchise before, that does not make you want to pick up the box.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think the second one is just – I don't know what the second one is. I know the third one's somebody stabbing a knife through a shower curtain. I don't know oh. what the other ones are. Oh. That, one's not that, that one's at least a little bit more interesting, but not by much. And so I picked it up. It was it was, it was so basically it was like the second or third horror movie I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and I did. And it scared it scared me. Like not, not not like I couldn't sleep at night though, but like it sat there. Like I remember having like nightmares about it. Yeah, because this movie just freaked me out as a ten sure. year old. Sure. And ever since, like I didn't really. Again, I watched it. And it wasn't and because it wasn't one of the more popular Friday the Thirteenth films. It was never really available. Again, like when Walmart put out their hmm. seasonal display. This was one that was never on the display.
0: Oh wow. okay.
1: so it wasn't I want to say until like maybe 2007 eight nine-ish that I eventually saw I think like in a Best Buy for like eight dollars mm-hmm. and I'm like, I love this movie. How can I not own this? And I bought it and I'm like nice. and I and ever since and I'm really glad I did because and we'll get this will be part of the thing later on too is that the unrated cut of this movie is only available on the DVD.
0: Perfect. The
1: Blu-ray has the standard cut or the the R-rated theatrical cut, which to this day nobody can figure out why they picked that version.
0: Yeah, really, that Blu-ray. seems
1: weird. Yeah, but that's yeah. The Blu-ray box yeah, it's a fun, fun story. This movie freaked me out as a kid. It's more. It's my favorite incarnation of Jason. I mm-hmm. this is av- I, it's funny everybody complain not complains but it's like people say like how how do people sit there know the different incarnations of like Iron Man from the Iron Man and Avengers movies and yet <laughs> I'm sitting here like I can tell you which which Jason corresponds to each film because <laughs> because there's, most Jasons do stand out amongst themselves really after the aside maybe parts three and four every Jason is different looking like completely I, you you cannot. Yeah. You cannot get them confused.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, with, with even my lack of knowledge of, of horror movies and specifically this franchise, Friday the 13th, I, I feel like, you know, that's just something I've always been privy to is that clearly they are different Jasons. Like I've seen the pictures and I'm one of the people that actually knows that Jason doesn't do any of the killing in the first movie as well, even though, I you know, I, I never really watched a lot of this, the franchise, like I mentioned. Um, but but OK, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you, Zach. You love this stuff. You go look at Jason Goes to
1: Hell, and at the time, much like how I said I'd love to learn like what my experience with these movies would have been if I was introduced to the most, the most homoerotic of, mm-hmm. of maybe all the slasher films, Jason Goes to Hell is maybe the antithesis of everything that the slasher films are known for.
0: Because Ooh, okay. when this film
1: was released, they were trying to reinvent the Friday... Because this was 93. This is only a few years before Scream, which was the proverbial nail in the coffin for slasher films, because even though it went out on a high note, it mm-hmm. kind of said, "Okay, you're done. You had your last hurrah. You go home now." Sure. And so, it, this is a really odd film to start off your your horror viewing watching because, like, you watch this, and I, I know it's not the most popular, but I'd say I'd easily say this is without a doubt the best Friday the Thirteenth film. I'd say it's one of the best slasher films, period. Oh. And even going to say this is a good horror film beyond the confines of the slasher subgenre.
0: Gotcha. I I, I think I had that that sense in my head that you were going to say something along those lines. Um, But no, no, it's good to hear you say that because I I actually, while I can't speak to maybe the the far-reaching... Uh, layers of this in terms of slasher genre, horror genre, the things that Zach's going to talk about. I'm just coming at this from. I sat down, I watched it, I loved it. <laughs> I really, oh, wow. really, I really fucking enjoyed this movie. So, so now, if you, if, if we can, Zach, if you, I don't want to cut you off with all this detailed synopsis and analysis you have, can I give you my experience watching this movie, and that will double as somewhat of a plot summary? Please do. Okay, so. So, you know, my history's been been displayed. Zach got me back into the horror genre, the slasher genre back in high school with, you know, Friday the thirteenth and and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the classic, the remakes of the classics. I have not watched a single one since. I have not watched any of the Jason movies, any of the Freddy movies. Um, I don't even think I've watched a horror movie. Unless you want to call society a horror movie. But that wasn't really horror. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Society's uh, more or less a
0: horror movie. Oh, okay, okay. But So so this was really kind of like, you know, my return to that. And I knew I was going to have to do it because Zach was like, oh, I want to do Monstober and the horror and the slashers, and I guess a peek behind the curtains, Zach wants to basically spend an entire year of the podcast doing a full detailed history of horror movies. Goddamn right idea. The only way we're going to do that is if Zach gives me a year to do sketch comedy and the history of that, but... <laughs> We'll have to talk about that offline Um, But no, so I I knew I had to watch this I had it on my list for a long time Zach, what was it? You sent this to me like two months ago or something, right? And you were like, I don't know if I want to do it yet You were like, I'm up in the air or something like that And so I was like, I'll watch it, Zach You know, But I never really got around to it And then Zach said, we're doing it And I asked him if he was sure And he said, yes, we're doing it And so I had to sit down and watch it Um, It was late at night I wanted to really get in that experience, you know, turn all the lights off, have it like, I think I watched it on like a, you know, Saturday, like 11 p.m. or something like that, and uh, I, was, I was a little intoxicated, I wasn't, you know, blackout drunk or anything like that, and just from start to finish, I enjoyed it. But here's the thing, this movie, I think, gets that enjoyment from me because it threw me for a loop. It uh, subverted my expectations, When I was getting ready, like mentally preparing myself to sit down and watch this movie, I was like, oh, my God, I'm expecting what this is going to be is another Jason movie, another slasher movie. Even though I haven't watched a lot of them, people are just going to be dying and maybe I'll get to see some nudity. Maybe I'll get to see some cool deaths. But in the end of the day, it's not going to matter. Like, it's just going to be the same thing. And so, you know, I'm sitting here watching it. The movie starts. And guess what? It's the same fucking thing. There's someone in a cabin, and they're like, oh no, the light doesn't work. I gotta replace the light, whatever the hell they're doing. And it's like, Jason shows up, Jason starts chasing them. And at this point, like, what, five minutes into the movie, I'm okay. like, I'm like ready to just grab the bottle of alcohol and start chugging. Because <laughs> I'm like, if this is what the whole movie's gonna be, whether I'm blackout drunk or not, I'm gonna be able to have the same analysis of it, because it's another damn stupid slasher movie. But no, but no, Zach. Jason's running after this girl in the in the middle of the woods, and giant floodlights come on out of nowhere. And all these military people pop up, and they start screaming, we got him, we got him. And they shoot at Jason. What, they, they like, hit him with a missile, and he explodes <laughs> at the end of this? Literally, it, it was one of the situations, it only happens a few times in, in my movie-viewing experiences... Where I am so disenfranchised with something, I, I am tempted to turn it off. I think I've said it before that I watch things the whole way through. Very rarely are there things where I'm like, this is really not worth my time. I really try and avoid that mentality, but this movie began to gain me that mentality. As soon as the floodlights came on and the military showed up and Jason exploded, and everybody was cheering. And there's a fucking diner in Fair... Where, where, I don't remember. I, I was about to say Fairvale, but I don't think that's the town here. Whatever. I think, I'm, Yeah, I think I'm thinking of Psycho with Fairvale. <laughs> so, But there, then there's a diner. And the fucking diner has like, Jason is dead. Two for one burgers. I was like, I'm sold. I stood up out of my seat. I had no idea what they were going to do. And I was enthralled for the next hour and 25 minutes of the movie. And... Here's the thing, audience, if you've never seen this film, it never slows down. No. Okay. When did, the, what year did this movie come out? I should have that in my notes, Zach, but I don't. Well, it came out 25 years ago this past August. Woo! Okay. Look at that. So this was, this was an, that was the 80s then, right? 90s. Early 90s? 90s? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, man, time warp. So early 90s. We get a scene. I think we're going to talk about this. I think this is something Zach wants to talk about. He might have already touched on it, but I would imagine why a lot of people didn't like this movie is because Jason is only in it for the first five minutes and the last five minutes. In every other part of this movie, he's just like an entity. And for like ap- maybe the first 15, 20 minutes after he explodes, he's just a heart. Jason is literally just a heart because his body exploded. The heart is in a laboratory, like a medical examiner's office. And I think the medical examiner is actually the person in the room doing the autopsy on Jason. The heart stops the, the heart starts dropping like dubstep. Like the heart invents dubstep. Like it it starts like beating on its own and it's like om-chick, 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 om-chick. and the medical examiner goes over to it and he's like is this heart making music? It is. <laughs> I need to eat it. And out of nowhere, he just starts fucking grabbing this thing and shoveling it into his face. And I'm like, what is going on? Of course, if you eat Jason's heart, you become Jason. The medical examiner becomes Jason. He runs around killing people for a while. There's some storyline about Jason needing to be reborn, and he can only do that through a blood relative. And of course, you know, they found the blood relatives in this movie. Um, plot happens, people die. At one point, and Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, if this is not an apt description, please stop me. At one point in this movie. Jason Voorhees turns into the baby from Eraserhead if it wasn't sick. What do you think? When it's, like, scuttling around and, like, jumping, trying to jump into people's throats and shit like that, when it's just this weird bug, it's the baby from Eraserhead. But guess what? It doesn't jump into people's throats. It jumps into a dead woman's vagina. And what does that do? That rebirths Kane Hodder as Jason, and we get a great fight scene for the last five minutes of the movie— But then, spoiler, he goes to hell. And I do have to say, we can talk about any of this in more detail if you want, Zach, which I'm sure you will. The scene of the hands dragging him down into hell? Fucking great. I absolutely loved that. I thought that was some fantastic imagery. What do you think? Is that a good synopsis of this movie? No, I I absolutely agree. agree. There's a lot to this. I think when Rob, the fact
1: that it subverted his expectations, I think that's this film's greatest achievement.
0: Oh, my God. I I will never forget that experience. Like, you know, it was... There's only, like I said, a few times in my life where something happens that just blows my mind, it's going to stick with me forever. And this movie was literally one of them when the military attacked Jason. It was great.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the fun parts of this movie is that you watch it. It has all the... The horror tropes in the first five minutes of it, like Rob said, you have the fact that she's running a bath,
0: and you she leans back
1: up, and you expect him to be there. The mirror,
0: she closes the mirror, and nobody's there. The door closes behind her, and the light goes out, but nobody's there.
1: Exactly, you have all these. You have all all the horror tropes spun into maybe five minutes. She she walks out of the shower, and nothing more than a bathrobe or not bathrobe, uh, a bath towel. And, I just, and the best, best, best part of that is, all of a sudden, after all these false setups of Jason, he just appears. He's just there. Yes. And I think that's, because every other Jason movie, anytime he makes his first appearance, it's built up. You'll see his silhouette, or you'll see his shadow.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the the, it follows the uh, the usual, I know this might not be the correct term, but I'm thinking of the monster movie reveal. You know, you don't blow your load in the first shot, you build up the suspense, and then BAM! He's there.
1: Exactly. It's a very, it's very uh, Hitchcockian, uh, Jaws, Spielberg-esque, mm-hmm. in that you don't want to blow your wad too early, or you, at least you want to give him a, you want to tease his entrance. You just don't want to throw it at the audience all at once.
0: Yeah, or I should have thought of RoboCop. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, RoboCop. Right? No, that's definitely. Yeah, when man. you only, you only get to see RoboCop on TV screens at first, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, RoboCop yeah, is the one that's teased for yeah. the first like what thirty,
1: forty minutes of the film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And but no, my again going back to what I was saying though is that this this kind of the greatest achievement of this film is also its ultimate detriment because now what Rob has said, I because on my Blu-ray.com forums, I remember that I think one of the first few times I actually interacted in this um thread about the Friday the thirteenth series, I said my favorite film of the series is Jason Goes to Hell, and everyone's like, Oh man, you're gonna be in trouble for saying that around here. <laughs> and they have a poll and you and like it must have like maybe like it's not a hundred. It's not a scientific poll by any means. It's not uh, doesn't have a huge sample size, mm-hmm. but like, it probably has it in the ballpark of around maybe two thousand people who vote in it. Okay, okay. Out of two thousand people, only seventy-two say Jason goes to hell is their favorite.
0: Oh man!
1: By far the le- the, the, the film with the least amount of votes. Damn! Wow! <laughs> yeah, this film. It's I, I wasn't aware of it until obviously later in life when I was 10 years old. I wasn't like, wow, this film is hated
0: by everybody except mm-hmm. me. I wasn't saying that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I guess I should say I'm not saying this either. I did not do any research into this prior to viewing it. I watched this cold. and I'm standing by. I fucking loved it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how
1: anybody I can. It's funny. You look at this film, which was made 25 years ago, and you look at now what's currently happening with Star Wars and The Last Jedi. Mm. It's the same freaking dilemma. History is this- repeating itself? Really? What a surprise. <laughs> yeah, no, no,
0: nobody,
1: nobody learned their lessons from history, so we're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, <laughs> and It's that same thing where you have a, want to say stale franchise, but you have a franchise that needs to be reinvigorated. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Somebody comes in with a unique take and says, okay, I'm going to take certain elements of this and turn them on their head and I'm going to do something different. They do it. The the fans get mad and they say no. We again. I guess it's it's a weird sort of thing. It's like new Coke or it's like going into a McDonald's and not being able to order a Big Mac. It's (laughs) it's the whole idea of I don't want something new. I'd rather have something that's tired and old, but I'm familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet I don't get how you can say you love like like. Don't me wrong. If you're taking your if you're a uh, a filthy casual and you're taking out taking your girlfriend <laughs> out or you're going with somebody and you're using it as a, an excuse to feel each other up on a Saturday night
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you get this, I can understand being mad. I could see getting mad at that because you want something a little bit more conventional and this might yeah. be a little too out there for your, for your, your filthy casual or your conventional audiences,
2: mm-hmm.
1: especially like Rob said, the, 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 the Jason baby monster going inside the woman's, Hoo ha! I, I would imagine yeah, the that dead, the dead woman's. <laughs> the dead woman, hoo ha, yes. That that would be a deal breaker. If you're trying to, if you're with your girlfriend, you're trying to sit
0: there get the, get the second base. That could be a deal breaker. Oh yeah, it could be a deal breaker because we actually get to see it happen. Not like full <laughs> vagina, but you know, you see the skirt pushed up and the and the razorhead baby go into it. But it could be a deal breaker because you get to see that. It could also be a deal breaker because. I don't know. Did this woman turn into Jason, or did she give birth to a full-grown Jason? Well, we're never going to know. We're never. And gonna I, know. I, I don't want to have sex if I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you caught got second-rate philosophy on the these podcast. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, so I could see getting mad if you're that type of audience member. I can, I can understand getting mad. It's stupid, mm-hmm. still, but like, fine, whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't get are the people that sit there, uh, live, sleep, and eat these sort of films, like I do. And they don't get that, and they get mad. I don't get being a f- And this goes back in, like like everybody knows my thing with Star Wars. I don't get being a fan of something and then refusing to let it grow.
0: You know, that's a... I, I agree with you. I don't get it either. I think it's very strange. I think it's very limiting to the people who choose to think that way. Um, if Even though that is probably a very naive way of putting it. But, you know, with the thought that you just gave me is that, you know, maybe these people, the ones who get angry about things like this, you know, the the, the Friday the 13thers, the, the Star Warsers, the Star Trekkers, whoever, any franchise I think this might apply to, there's a certain notion of that when you go to receive a service like when you pay money to receive a service let's use the great example of you go into mcdonald's and get a big mac you expect the same exact product every single time maybe it's something where these people see movies as such consumer objects that literally for the same 950 probably not the right price back in the 90s and 80s they wanted the same exact product, and they got angry when they didn't get it. I mean, imagine if you got a Big Mac and it had bacon on it. You know, would you be pissed about that because it's different from your Big Mac? Or would you be okay with it because it's adding something to your Big Mac? I think there's a split of both of those people. And maybe the vocal ones we're seeing are those who are just angry about anything being different from what they initially expected. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I agree with that in a way that it's a fact that... my only thing is, like you go okay, why does somebody go to McDonald's? Why does somebody go to a Friday the 13th film? Mm-hmm. They go because they want to see a, a killer hack a bunch of people to death. And like Rob said, he wants some nudity sprinkled in for good measure. Yes. That's why you go there. Think about it. The reason why we go to McDonald's is not because we're expecting the greatest hamburger in the world. We're it's, going there yep. because we want something quick to eat
0: that's filling on the go. You're so right. Uh, I, I would say we could generalize it one step further and say that you go to McDonald's because you expect it... You you literally expect everything to behave a certain way from start to finish. From the time you get in there or in the drive-thru, from the time you leave with your food, you have an expectation of exactly how each of those steps is going to go. Just like you do with your slasher movies. You want all of those steps.
1: Yes. And this, the thing about Jason Goes to Hell, though, is that I think Jason Goes to Hell elevates a lot of the normal tropes or it goes above i guess elevates itself above the tropes of slasher films yes and tries bringing them to a higher level and the only thing i because i've act, there's actually a relatively new interview with the director of this adam marcus from midnight's edge oh. who if you listen to me on the star wars podcast all i do is complain about them but when they <laughs> do stuff like this this is where this is where they're really good when they're not bitching about star wars content they interview the director and he had a very interesting point saying, to all the people complaining about this film, about what I did and what I didn't do to the franchise, basically only thing that I did different in this film was that I took the hockey mask out of play for 90-95% of the film. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Jason is still there. He just doesn't look like the Jason we expect. Exactly. So he goes, at the end of the day, what do you – he goes, if the only thing that
1: you're uh, – because he goes – I think even Rob would agree – the acting in this film is not campy. It's not bad. I'd say it's it's probably one of the best acting
0: performances from a cast in any slasher film. I, I don't have as much experience with these as Zach does, but at no point in this 90 minutes was I ever, you know, disbelieving any of these things. I, I was on board the whole way through. Yeah, I'm with you. And yet, he he eventually says Adam Marcus. He goes, "If you're just mad at the
1: fact that I took out a, ho- a guy in a hockey mask beating people up and killing them, you essentially want wrestling. That's what you want. You want a guy <laughs> in a mask just beating people up." Did he really say that? He did say that. Oh he my goes, god, I have so-
0: I have so much more respect for this movie than I did previously. That's one of the fucking greatest answers in an interview I think I've ever heard. <laughs>
1: And, but that's what this comes down to, because a lot of people dislike this film. Like I said, it's the same thing as The Last Jedi, yet over the last few years, and it's not, the tide hasn't changed 100%, but if you go on Google and you type this film in, it has an IMDB, uh, IMDb score of 4.3, Rotten Tomatoes 24%, and a Metacritic score of 17. Oh my yet, god. if you look at the Google user's review, it has a 79%. Okay, okay. So the tide is turning on this film. Not I, I don't think anybody's like me. There's nobody going to be running around openly screaming, Jason Goes to Hell is the best Friday the 13th film. Never mind, maybe the best film out of all the slasher series, franchises, films.
0: Oh, I might start saying that. <laughs> well,
1: good. You, you, the world needs more
0: people like that. Yeah, we need more hot takes, right? <laughs>
1: well, I don't think it is a hot take. Saying so, and that's because you go and look at this film. This is very good. It's kind of similar to the Star Wars prequels in that you ask people, okay, um, did you like Creighton Duke? People go, oh, I loved Creighton Duke. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you like the kills of this film? Oh, man, it has one of the best kills in the entire series. You go through, okay, well, how do you like this incarnate? Like, Okay, when Jason is around, do you like how he looks? Oh, yeah, I love the way he's, because it's Kane Hodder, Jason. Yeah. And yet, it's one of those things where it's like, well, did you like the film? No, the film's garbage. And it's like, w- w- wait, what? It's like the the films. If you strip the film down to its elements, the elements are good, but when put together, you don't like it. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of like saying, "I love, I love hamburger buns." Like going back to McDonald's, I love <laughs> hamburger buns. I love patties. I love cheese, lettuce, um, special sauce, yep. and then saying, "I hate Big Macs."
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. It's, um... oh shit, I just lost it. I had, I had a saying for it, and I just lost it. I'll think of it again, Zach. But, no, you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah, it's the people who think that the whole is not the sum of its parts. It's the people who see some disconnect when they're like, "All these things are great. But, man, when you put them together in this one specific way, I just abhor it. That type of thing. I, 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 but that goes – again, it's like kind of like the Last Jedi people again. It's
1: like I don't get how you can – And again, obviously, now versus – a Jason movie from twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. because we had even though because know, at this point, had been five years since the previous Jason film, which was Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we it. Really we'll, call that? Yeah, it's Friday the Thirteenth Party. <laughs> Jason Takes Manhattan.
0: I feel like I feel like I should not, I should never again look into any material related to Friday the Thirteenth, and just have Zach tell it to me when he feels necessary because. You're like you're like batting a, a thousand over here, Zach. Everything you're telling me about this franchise is fucking hilarious. I d- actually don't have too many notes on this movie. I was so uh, enthralled by it, and I, I loved it so much that my notes are, are kind of lacking. Yes, I have a few lines that we need to point out. Yes, I have a few snacks that this made me think of. But really, what do you want to talk about with this movie, as you were the instigator of this whole viewing? I think I already talked too much as it is. Zach, Zach, I think it's well known that us doing this podcast together, uh, I don't care how much you talk. You care how much I talk up to an hour. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Perfect. Well, well, what do you think? Do you have any any maybe scenes we should get into? I don't want to jump ahead into my one line because I feel like it steals the show of the whole movie in terms of greatest lines, right? Or yeah. should I just get into it?
1: <laughs> well,
0: okay. Um...
1: No, like, cause again, I don't remember watching this film like as a kid and like picking up on specific elements. I think if they're ever like, this is my favorite incarnation of Jason.
0: Okay. I
1: love how he looks in this film. Well, when he is around, when he's not like <laughs> random people
0: <laughs> for the first five minutes and the last five minutes. Yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> like that is my favorite incarnation. And maybe it's because the one that I was introduced with. I don't sure. know because I was introduced to Jason X first. I don't like. I really don't like to. I think Uber Jason's cool, but the non Uber Jason leaves much to be desired. But I really like how he looks in here. He has, like, the head and, like, the head, like the skin of his head's, like, growing over the mask.
0: Yeah, it is It is really, really cool when we do get to see him. Uh, I think specifically in the, like I mentioned before, the end of the movie when we see him getting dragged down to hell. I really like those shots. I really liked everything about that. And, uh, yeah, he's a great Jason. Kane Hodder, I didn't know his name until Zach told me, but he's doing a bang-up job in this movie for the ten minutes he's in it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he he's also um, Rob probably doesn't know this stuff, But in the very beginning, when you have the two uh, FBI guys that are like watching the morgue
0: door, uh, the guy with the mullet,
1: them? the guy with the mullet is Kane Hodder.
0: Oh no, yeah, I, I would not have picked up on that. Right on, cool.
1: No, but I've always loved this incarnation of Jason. I like Rob said, the ending is really cool where you sit there, he's being dragged dragged into hell.
0: Oh, it's it's awesome. I'm surprised that isn't like a reaction gif on more meme websites i know zach says gif i say gif i'm more of the mentality of we know what we're talking about right like come on that should be like a meme or something of like someone getting dragged down into the ground it's so iconic yeah and
1: uh funny enough i, I really didn't really know this until the last couple of days was that it's actually they had a much more intricate scene with that where they actually had a puppet of jason oh. not a puppet they had like a a figure i don't want mm-hmm. to but they were gonna use that, and they actually had like different like like demons. You didn't just see a bunch of hands grabbing him. It was actually like oh. demons sprouted out from
0: the ground and actually started to like take him down as well. Oh, which was like uh, a edited like a out. Constantine thing or something like that. Okay, I can dig that. But but uh, you know they edited it out the hands are still really cool. They kind of make me think of the the Sandman's hands from Spider Man Three, but I'll forgo that because they look pretty cool. <laughs> this
1: film has the definitive best kill in the entire franchise
0: I don't I don't want you to tell me yet Zach I actually okay. want to I actually want to cut you off right here and and ask something I probably should have asked a long long time ago in this podcast since we're talking about slasher movies I am not one of the people who's ever thought this way like I don't watch slasher movies or horror movies and I'm like where are the kills and it's actually kind of baffled me to hear people talk like this you're not the first Zach I've heard a lot of people talk about Slasher movies in like the last two years about the Friday the Thirteenth video game, with the specific comment: there are really cool kills. S- yes, maybe surprise, maybe surprising to Zach. I have never thought this way. I don't really look at the kills as anything to hold in high regard, but I understand why they are a focal point of the movie because I guess. I don't. know, I guess disclaimer. You can't kill people in real life, so you go to movies to still see people, other people do it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you hope so. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, play video games, go to the movies, that type of stuff. So, so now, with that being said, with with me, kind of, I, I'm being honest. I'm not, you know, being facetious or devil's advocate. I really don't do this. Like, I'm I'm not intrigued by people dying, even though I'm sure everyone thinks I would be. <laughs> I'm going to take a guess at what the best kill of the franchise is. And All I think right. I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to take a guess. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. I am thinking of the slanted cut through the entire body of the girl <laughs> in the tent when she's having sex with the guy. Is that correct?
1: Damn straight.
0: That is? That's it? Yes. That is what? That, that that is considered the greatest
1: kill of the entire franchise.
0: Oh, my God. I'm excited I'm just as excited if, if I got picked for uh, Price is Right and Come On <laughs> Down. I cannot believe that I got that right. With everything I just said about how I never look at these, I when I watched that kill, I found it unique. I f- actually thought it stood out in terms of the editing, in terms of the shooting, in terms of the actual kill. Because it's like she gets like cut like a hook. It's like she gets stabbed in the stomach... And then the blade pulls up, but it does like a divot around her head or something. And I'm, am I remembering this correctly?
1: Well, what it is, Jason's still the medical examiner. Yes.
0: yes.
1: And what he's using to impale her with is a road sign. <laughs> oh, oh. <It's> a <laughs> I didn't road pick sign. up on that. <laughs> it, he impales her with the, what, what the, rail, uh, the road sign. He puts it through her abdomen. And it's worth noting that she's. This is happening while she's about to climax.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. This is mid sex scene. Yeah. This is this is mid coitus. You can if you look really closely, you can see that guy is queuing up Fantastic Planet in the background. I bet <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, that's, that's a deep cut. Deep cut into the, for the canon. For the
0: true fans.
1: <laughs> he shoves this road sign through her abdomen. And if you watch the theatrical cut, which is what Rob did not see, hmm. and the theatrical cut, he impales her with the thing. We cut to the guy, the boyfriend, and he sees the blood splatter on his face, and we hear like a scream next, and that's it. Okay. You only get the, the pull through her entire t- like chest upwards through her neck. Oh, yeah. In the unrated cut.
0: Oh, perfect. Good. I'm glad you gave me that.
1: <laughs> and the director, Adam Marcus, has said that if you watch the 89-minute the, the cut of the film or whatever the lesser one is, mm-hmm. he goes, you are essentially wasting that many minutes of your life.
0: Oh, wow. Because you're not seeing that kill? Well, that scene along with others. There are other scenes. Sure. Like, Well, yeah, okay. I guess that's a fair point. I only saw the unrated. Zach has had time to compare and contrast, I'm sure. You know I do.
1: The other scene you get in the... You don't get the Jason baby monster going into the woman's hoo-ha. You do not oh. get that in the rated cut. Oh, that's so crucial, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 gnarly, man. This movie is
0: gnarly. I think that's the best way to describe this movie. It is a gnarly movie. It, it is. It is. And I, and I really enjoyed it. You know what? With everything that we're saying... On the topic of the movie, I do have a question for you that I actually didn't write down, but I do want to ask you. Um, of course, I've only seen this movie once. I don't fully understand why Creighton Duke was in jail. Because at, like, one point, he's just out and about talking to people like, oh, you got to do this to kill Jason, blah, blah, blah. And then he's in jail. I missed that part. What happened?
1: He insult. remember he insult- uh, uh Jessica's mother, the one that gets stabbed in the back, and the one that uh, Jason Monster baby goes inside her hoo-ha – She's dating the chief of police, and Creighton Dukes making all the remarks to her in the diner very
0: early in the movie, and, and he gets arrested. Oh, oh is that? they don't
1: show him getting arrested, but he yeah, just presumes he gets-
0: yeah. Okay, that's where my confusion stemmed from, I would imagine. Is this the same scene? Well, I think there's only one, one or two diner scenes, and they are at the beginning of the movie. But it's basically like everybody's like Jason is dead, two for one burgers. And yep. this guy's like, no, Jason is not dead. He's going to try and climb up your vagina, and he got arrested. More or less. Okay, okay, cool, cool. I, I Okay, thank you, Zach. I dig it now. Yeah, I well, was just the- blown away when it was like so much other shit happened, and then they're like in the prison, and Duke is there, and I'm like, oh, I thought he was like out and about trying to kill Jason too, but he's just been in this cell the whole time. <laughs> well,
1: I don't know for certain, because again, Adam Marcus says that the film was taken away from him in editing
0: oh okay
1: and because again they, they wanted it under 90 minutes i think he said he shot two out i think his initial cut was two hours and 20 minutes gotcha which which he which he concedes that obviously he was going to cut he, he was not going to release a two and a half hour long cut of this film he says
0: it was awful yeah the only way to do that is if it's you know the, the extra time is of hands and demons taking jason down to hell <laughs> yeah or if we had an extra half an hour of um duke asking for payment for qu- answers to questions which involved breaking bones. It's the worst <laughs> form of payment.
1: <laughs> well, I still, well, well, Creighton Duke is a fun character. And I think most of, I, I don't know. He's one of those characters where I'm like, he's used, is, is he fun because it's just fun to hear a guy talk and behave that way? Or <laughs> is he fun because he's
0: used so sparingly? Hmm. I would and, think maybe more of the sparingly for the the thing, but I kind of was, when I watched it, I was blindsided that he had been in a jail cell the whole time, that I was kind of excited to get to see him again because he has such a presence at the start of the movie right after Jason explodes that you think, oh, man, this is going to be our main character. But they, they quickly switch it up.
1: Yeah, because apparently I read somewhere that Adam Marcus had like – I don't want to say an outline,
0: but he given, I guess,
1: the actor – notes saying that when uh creighton duke when he was younger he him and his girlfriend were on crystal lake mm-hmm. jason like killed his girlfriend or dragged her down and that's mm-hmm. why ever since he's been on a crusade to get jason okay okay and that's the reason why he became a bounty hunter was a way to pay for his means of tracking jason don't know like, like i said that's that's just online nonsense. yeah, yeah. Know if it's how true it is it's not mentioned in the film so it shouldn't really count toward anything mm-hmm But there's a lot of stuff even in this movie, too, that I just learned recently, like when they're in the uh, uh, Voorhees house, and you see – I think it's Jessica or one of them going through a book. And what the book – it's a a book that looks like the the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. And funny enough, it is the actual Necronomicon from the Evil Dead movies. Really? It is the actual prop that was used. Because according to Adam Marcus, he was a big fan of the Evil Dead movies, like we've discussed. That becomes like a everybody now is a fan of the Evil Dead movies. Yeah, yeah. And he said back there, but again, this is back during the '90s, and he like he wanted to his rationale as to why Jason is who he is. Mm-hmm. And again, not in the movies. It's all it's, I don't know if he said it at the time or he said it since the movies come out and it's been his way of like low key explaining everything. Sure. But he said that when Jason died. That Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mother, yep. sat there, got the Necronomicon through some means as a way of like bringing Jason back to life. Oh. And, and Jason is essentially a deadite. And that that's how he explains that like you have Jason's like a boy at camp, and like six months later, like his mother goes on the rampage. Yeah, he's somehow like 14 years old. By the time he's dragging the girl down the boat in the first one. Yeah. And then like eight months later, he's like a full fledged man by part yeah. two. And he's able to like survive being like stabbed in the head by Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. And then he's like a zombie in the later films. And that and that's what he tried to do. He's, like Jason's like this form of evil. Jason's not just like a really hard to kill guy or a zombie.
0: He's yeah. a form of
1: evil. Yeah. He's an entity. Why- uh, he's a universal entity almost. Yep. Exactly, and that's why he tried to make Jason a Deadite, but he knew that a he would never be able to get the rights to any Evil Dead stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: and so he made it very implicit. Yep, that's why you also have the dagger. I know at the point she like grabs like Creighton Duke throws in the knife and it transforms oh. into like the magic dagger. Yeah, which might be one of the best visual effect shots in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, that that's one thing too. It's like about this movie is that it's another one of those movies that was like on the precipice of like right before special cuz this came out in 93 and you had Jurassic Park which would come out like what, a few months later.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This is one it's of those up. few movies really where point. you you all you, you're right on the edge of no more practical effects.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of so baffled with everything we said that this is still, you know, well, still <laughs> this is one of the the most hated jason movies like you said at the start you know
1: yeah like, I, I, I cannot imagine like for the same reason why i want to get this the rob but you know i have a personal affinity for this film but let's just say like, someone came to me and it's like oh i want to get into the friday the 13th movies
2: mm-hmm.
1: where do i start and i'd be like the first i, I get i know people like those first four movies and mm-hmm. i definitely i get i the first one with Pamela Voorhees is fun because you don't expect her to be the killer at the end of it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The second one is fun because it is that first one where you have like a deranged psycho man running around. Mm-hmm. And then, like I I say the third and fourth ones are garbage. I'm not garbage. <laughs> I just don't like them. It's, it's weird in the way it's like it becomes a parody of itself because it's just everything. It's like what Rob was expecting with this. It's like it's a bunch of teenagers go to camp, they get killed. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was going to be. I
0: thought it was going to be a rehash of the same story that everybody knows.
1: Exactly, and that's why the remake is it's such. It more war- it's serviceable. It's I, I'd rather have that than no Jason. But sure, sure. But it, it doesn't do anything to enhance my love of the franchise.
0: Gotcha. If the Where remake that we saw in theaters was anything like Jason Goes to Hell. I would be a completely different person right now. <laughs> this podcast probably wouldn't
1: exist if that movie was
0: closer to Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the problem with movies like Jason Goes to Hell is that it is meant as a way of turning the franchise. It's not a movie meant for people getting into it for the first time. Yes. It's, it's a movie that's meant for turning the conventions on their head. And, and most people don't appreciate that. Whether they're existing fans or they're new fans – I, I don't know, because, like, you watch this movie, like, you're like, okay, I want to watch a Jason movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you watch this, and Jason's just, he bookmark uh, I'm sorry, he uh, bookends it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I think most people would be turned off by that. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think it, get ba- it gets back to what we were discussing earlier, where, you know, what do people want? Or what do people expect when they see these types of movies? And... There might be a lot of people who are just like, oh, i want to I want to see Jason. I want to get a sense of Friday the Thirteenth and what that means to Slasher films. You should not watch this one if Jason goes to hell. If you know what Slasher films are and what they kind of fall back onto in every iteration of them, then I would say, this is the movie for you, And that's I think why I liked it so much because, you know it subverted my expectations of what a, um a horror movie with Jason could be. So it's it's a it's a mixed bag. It's fifty fifty.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't I understand. I'm trying to think of other movies out there that try to reinvent the wheel that, that don't work. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know because I'm usually pretty forgiving with new concepts. When someone tries to go into a new direction, I I like to say, oh, I'm open to this, even if I don't particularly care for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like so, it, it's the movie that comes to mind even though it might not fit perfectly because it's going a different direction of maybe the property. I'm thinking of the Super Mario Brothers movie. I don't know, do I get spritzed in the face with acid because I mentioned that movie? <laughs>
1: uh, no, but I, I think that's... But that,
0: that movie has nothing to do with the original Mario games and story other than the fact that they're plumbers and they have the same names. Like, literally nothing like the... Uh, forgive me, Zach, I remember the plot of the super Mario brothers movie, like the D evolution machine, the different dimensions, the parallel dimensions that Dennis Hopper's trying to merge. Like that does not exist in the video games in the slightest. And they were trying to do something new and it failed horribly. That's my example that first comes. Well, to Well,
1: I never seen that movie, but I know enough about it in that that's an adaptation gone awry. Okay. Okay. That's different from this. I, I, again, this is, sure. this is this is like I said. I think the best analogy to this is The Last Jedi, in that you have a filmmaker who loves the property, acknowledges the fact that audiences, fe- it's getting stale.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It says, okay, how do I reinvigorate this? Yeah, without it's because like, again, it's the whole. It's again, it's a dilemma of if how do you do something new without fundamentally altering it to the point where it is something new Uh and at the same time not changing enough where it's okay I'm right I'm begin. I'm ending right where I
0: started yeah I was I was about to say because I don't think you said it here but I, I know we've talked about it with our Jurassic World and stuff these things are dusty properties and what you just said made me think of how do you blow the dust off of this without getting it in the audience's eyes
1: yeah, there you go.
0: I like that, yeah. And no, I, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, what do we do with this? Because it has all of those expectations. It has all of these legal problems that might arise, you know, and it, 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 these people who, you know, the audience might just think, Oh, Friday the thirteenth, this person got the rights. He could do whatever he wants with it. It's more constrained than what I think the audience realizes, and they're not accounting for that when they actually consume these pieces of media.
1: Yeah, and I think that even goes to uh, the Halloween remake that comes out soon. If you're, if you're listening to this, prob- probably, by the time you're listening, it's probably out by now. Well, what do you think? What do you have left to talk about? Okay, I like Creighton Duke. I think sure, even the sure. characters in this, like, even though there's a couple of characters I love, I think it's Stephen Culp who plays the, uh, the, the sleazy TV anchorman. Mm-hmm. Where he even has a great line of dialogue where he's in the Voorhees house and he's like, I went and took her mother's body, stashed it in the basement, and then I went home and boinked, his, boinked her daughter. Oh, it's yeah. like yeah. That, that <laughs> is such mustache twirling at its finest. Yeah. Hey, Regine, what's happening? Oh, yeah, I'm there now. Oh, it's great. It's disgusting. Look, I am going to want to dress it, though. Maybe we can put a few body parts in the refrigerator. Rich, I don't know. Talk to Harry and props. You know what we're going for here? Twisted secrets of the Voorhees house revealed. Oh, and also, one more thing. Guess what tomorrow's headline is going to read? Body of slain Voorhees woman stolen from morgue. Well, uh, last night, I stole Diana's body and I hid it here in the closet. And then I went home and
0: fucked her daughter. <laughs> Red. Red, Red, you want to calm down? That threw me for a loop a little bit because I did not expect it to go in that direction so quickly, but it did, and I, I prove.
1: <laughs> well, even like I, going to like some. I know Rob says he doesn't. He doesn't look at these movies like as in the gore and the violence and the things like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't either. I remember when I, like when I first got like one of the Jason DVDs or *Might Have Been tried, or *Nightmare on Elm Street*. They have like a feature in the bonus features called like "Jump to a Death," and I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, I and, think I get it. And you you click on it, it would actually highlight every single death scene in the movie. Yeah, okay. And I, and I never got it because I'm like, oh, I'm like, why why would I want to rewatch these parts? And it, to this day, I still don't like. I don't want. Like, I never put like. I I can't imagine any point in my life where I'd put like the DVD and be like, oh, I'm tell you, I'm going to watch the death of Creighton Duke.
0: Yeah, like, those the people who did that when they were kids are the ones that are going online now to and just watching hours on hours of people dying in accidents in foreign countries. Like, that's weird, I think. Like <laughs> on the
1: dark web? Like on the dark web, like finding out like murder and suicide videos?
0: on the dark web. Hey, if you want to see people die in motorcycle and car accidents in India and China, go to <laughs> There's a million of them.
1: <laughs> All right, that's, that's definitely getting believed. Um... <laughs> It's definitely getting relieved. Well, Zach, <laughs> Zach for, for, for
0: your knowledge tonight, when we're done recording, this. nope, nope, didn't need to know that. And now I do. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, and so like I never looked at movies that way either. But like as sure, time sure. goes on, you definitely appreciate the imagination behind some of these kills. That's fair. That's fair. Where you do like like we described the ripping through the woman's torso with a street sign. That's that's a neat kill. Like, like for one of these movies, considering the fact, like Rob said, most of the reason why we're watching this is like letting off steam from like the id of our mind <laughs> so like you do have scenes like that. i think like in going to like freddy versus jason there's a great kill in that where jason like stabs somebody with like guys laying on his bed post coitus unfortunately he did not put the fantastic planet dvd on
0: that was his mistake
1: that was his mistake that's why jason came after him and yep. so jason like stabs him while he's laying down the bed then t- it's like a fold-up bed then folds it up and like breaks the guy's back like oh backwards
0: mm. Okay, that, that's, that's, the, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, those sort of kills are the ones that are really are a lot of fun. Like, you don't get a lot of that in this film because you, like Jason, as uh, the, the hockey mask-wearing character,
0: mm-hmm. only gets two kills in the film, right? Yeah, the rest of the time, he's he. I'm sure he's like, I don't care how I kill people. I just need to be reborn type of thing.
1: Actually, now that I think about it, Jason is the hockey mask character only gets one kill.
0: And that's Creighton Duke, right? That's right. At the start, he doesn't kill anybody in the first. He 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 gets killed in the he opening scene. Killed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Only one. Yeah, only I mean, one
1: kill. As the hockey mask word, but no, but like for the sake of of the facto, but like no, I love what he does when he goes into like the diner as the uh, the sleazy newsman or the <laughs> the anchorman. Yeah, and he yeah, goes yeah. in. He, like obviously he like, you have like the character of Ward, and like we have this really like emotionally touching scene between him and our main character, whose name I don't remember. And he like he's like, take my car, I'll report it stolen. Yeah. It's, it's like it's a genuinely dramatic touching scene. Like the movie is firing on all the cylinders that it's trying to convey to you as an audience mm-hmm. member. And so we figure, oh, maybe Ward will have more importance in this because of what he's doing for the character. Yeah. And it's like, no, he gets his forearm like snapped, the bone like protrudes through his elbow. Yep. And we just see him kind of get like slammed against like the outside door of the diner. And that's it for him. Then we like mm-hmm. we have the, the anchor man go through the door through the diner. We see Pookie get like like put in the uh boiling oil for the yeah. fries. Then he gets thrown on top of the, the stove and then we have Joey get like punched in the face. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, it's all coming back to me. <laughs>
1: And then, we, and then, one of the other ones is the uh, we. You know, she's it's weird. She's kind of highlighted a little bit. There's a car- I didn't pick up on this until my recent view, my latest viewing of this. It's another waitress named Vicky, and she's like taking care of the baby for a nice portion of the movie. And we see her, oh, yeah. and she has like like a shotgun, and she tries shooting him, and obviously doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Then she gets like some sort of like spear or rod and tries to impale him. And you have a really great shot in this movie where, like, she tries to impale him, and Jason, the anchorman, just, like, grabs her and also impales her on the rod. And, like, there's oh, this great shot yeah. where, like, the light – and that's one thing, too, we got to bring up with this movie. This movie for a horror film, especially one of the 90s, even to this day, is incredibly well lit. I,
0: I think I, I got the sense of where you were going when you started saying that sentence, but I did not think about it until you started that sentence. You're so right. I, I could see everything in this movie. <laughs> that's
1: that's that's one element of this film that doesn't get nowhere near enough credit for. And Adam Marcus brings it up in that interview I mentioned, where he okay. says, like, for for the final battle... Like, okay, before we get into the final battle in the Voorhees house,
2: mm-hmm. where,
1: um, but back in the diner, though, where you see the anchorman, like, his face is just, like, glistening with, like... It's not... Bl- it's like Jason blood. It's like black, yeah. like, uh... V- bile, almost. Yeah, the ooze. And, yeah, it's like he's like glistening, and it's like and like you have this combination of like moonlight mixed with like the security light from the power being off,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's great. Like it's this really great, like surreal blue, like like light blue lighting, and it's it. I, I it's probably been done before. But it's rare in a commercial film like this.
0: Okay. It'd be also, so much
1: easier to hide this film in shadows yeah. as opposed
0: to lighting it properly. Yeah, that's what all the horror movies today do, and it works out so well for them. Um, you know, oh paranormal activity. We could do the whole thing with like a like a one millimeter camera. <laughs> oh my god. Um but no no, I, that's something I'm gonna have to watch out for the next time I watch this movie because I, I think I only realize it subconsciously. And that's probably – that is one of the things I have a lot of problems with movies, that they're too dark. I can't see them, that type of stuff. Um, but this – I never had that issue with this one. That's a really good point to bring up. I didn't think about that, but my brain did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might not have
1: noticed it, but your brain yeah, did.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Like obviously, as time went on, these films
0: got more and more slick in their
1: production. It's, it's not as like, uh, uh, amateurish as – okay, I don't want to say amateurish, though, but much more grainy, much more of a gritty film. And, yeah. and and you don't because now that's another thing too you lose a lot of lighting because what a lot of these movies do now they'll hire a DP like like let's take the nun the latest conjuring movie mm-hmm. one and like they'll they'll hire a DP who will light the scenes just not bare minimum but just like whatever's necessary to illuminate the, the shot yeah and then if lighting doesn't work they'll just digitally add in uh, uh, artificial light yep. And that's yeah. the issue: is that there's no, there's like, all the craftsmanship is now in the computer, but it's not in the frame.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Um, I think we, we mentioned this before. That's a, it's a tough, it's a tough topic for me, especially you know because in in music, so much music is done on the computer now. There's music I would never be able to do if I didn't have the computer, and I'm sure that's a lot of the ways that these directors see it as well that they wouldn't be able to do these things. Unless they have the technology, but at the same time, you can make the argument: Why aren't you pushing yourself just to do it best the first time through? Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh I don't blame
1: the directors. I blame the studio because, I, it, well, okay. it's a combination. It's a studio, not the studio, but it's just budgetary reasons. Yeah, it's like like I forget what I was watching the other day. I think I think I was rewatching Freddy vs. Jason. I never, I because I finally wa- I watched it on Blu-ray, which I think I've never done before. Um, but I was really scrutinizing it. And I noticed there's actual uh, DJ, uh, CGI blood squibs where they'll okay. shoot off one, and you can tell it's fake; it's not a real squib. Yeah, especially yeah. And it's also 2003's era <laughs> digital blood splats, which <laughs> today look of bad. Never ages. mind that. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's the idea of it's like you know how much it, how much time and effort it, like you're trying to to shoot a film. You're mm-hmm. given let's just be generous for a film like this. You're given 30 days, thirty thirty day filming schedule. Sure. Sure. And you have a squib, you got to pay somebody to come on to set, hook the squib up, hope it doesn't misfire at the wrong time because it's yeah. all just it's, – it's a hairpin trigger. Yep. And if it doesn't misfire, you then have to go – because it's dyed the clothes red, you have to go get another thing of wardrobe, mm-hmm. go get the person, clean the person up so they get all the blood off them, re, re, uh, set up the shot again. And it takes time and money. Yes, and for all so that effort, you could just do it in
0: post. Yeah, so even if the director or people, maybe not specifically the director, the director and others who would have that decision, if they want to do something with practical effects, or maybe not just practical effects, something that will cost more money than if they did in, it time. in post. More money and time, yes. The studio will shut them down. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. And plus, it's okay. no, that, that, too, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah, and, that's, and, that, and, and even though sometimes you, you would have to, not make a deal, but like, let's say you go to the studio and be like, I don't want to do any of this uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in post production. You'd have to say that and then hope yeah. that during post production or during shooting, they don't try to do something to you. Like, let's say, for example, you go to the studio, you pitch them, like, this is going to be in the frame special effects. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, I think we discussed maybe off mic, I'm not sure, the Thing remake, where it's like everybody agrees to doing practical effects. And then post-production the studio
0: goes eh, we don't like this oh yeah i think we talked about uh with the thing the remake or the soft yeah. reboot of the thing did that okay yeah that makes me think of you know uh investment in technology like people make apps and they get an investor and the investor's like yeah you're never gonna have to do ads and then when the money starts rolling in guess what the investor makes them do ads yeah. so i i feel you okay i feel you
1: good point yeah and that's and that's where i feel like because again it can't like obviously it was done for years practical in the shot effects Mm -hmm. and yet now we don't do it because of a convenience b money yeah and c you also get to do more i think about you have a squib in the shot and then if you want let's say you don't like how it looks
0: yeah in in, in
1: editing guess what you're stuck with that unless you do multiple takes of it we need paul
0: verhoeven back (laughs) yeah
1: right Oh, the, are you still the, making
0: movies? She's weird movies like that. Whoever did the squibs from RoboCop, the ED-209 scene, we need him back. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> when it was like the back. 200 squibs, we need him. He's the master.
1: There's a lot to this movie that if it wasn't for the fact that I like discussing – if it wasn't for the fact that I'm the connoisseur
0: of context, hmm. we would be getting more into. No, I think this is perfect because I've only ever seen it once, and I, I think that, you know – This is exactly the discussion that I needed to have about these slasher movies, about the behind the scenes, because I never really saw them. Uh, You know, I I see movies this way now. Of course, I know how much bureaucracy and hoops have to be jumped through by tons of different people to get movies made. But, you know, I I don't really think of that in every single situation. Like when you pitch me, oh, you know, we're doing a slasher movie. I was like, okay, people are going to get murdered and I can just, you know, sit through it for an hour and a half. But there is a lot more that goes on behind the scenes that shapes this genre, which is really, really interesting. So, no, I I liked it. Yeah, and that's why even like as much as I
1: complain about the Halloween remake, it's like we also don't know how much of that film was also studio mandated. It's like, yeah. okay, we're giving you $30 million to make this. Mm-hmm. You, and, and every blockbuster has this studio notes where they give a, they give a laundry list of just, you have to do this, you have to do that, we don't like this scene, we mm-hmm. want it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting back to like the, the the death scenes and things like that, and Jason goes to hell is there's okay okay. Before we get into one death scene, what did you think of the homoerotic shaving scene?
0: Homoerotic shaving scene. Who's shaving? Not remember this. Who's shaving who, or is someone shaving? The,
1: the, the uh, oh my lord, I keep forgetting his name. The medical examiner is shaving the cop's mustache. Like, he's, like, he's, like, stripped to, like, his underwear on the chair, and he's, like, pinned down, and then he sits there, he shaves, like, his mustache.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I Yeah, I vaguely remember this. I don't know why I'm not remembering this better. Huh, interesting. Okay, I'm with you. I re- Okay, so it's when it's medical examiner Jason, right? Yes. So he has this dude that he wants to, like, take over, and he shaves his mustache beforehand? Yes. Okay, okay, yes. I'm. I'm I remember that one now. No comments on it. Mm, no, because I literally just remembered it. <laughs> that <laughs> I, I find this that didn't s- peculiar. Yeah, I really this didn't stand out to me for some reason. I-, I really don't know. What was in it that you thought would stand out to me? Was you there have, something in particular? You have a a
1: a person that Jason's controlling, another person that he has kidnapped, not killed, strapped
0: to mm-hmm. a
1: table, stripped down to his underwear. Yeah he he's, then he he proceeds you see, the scene starts off with like there's like a fire like a, like a fire in a fireplace in the background
2: mm-hmm. you
1: see medical examiner jason sharpening a straight razor a piece of leather and then next thing we know he starts he's like and the guy's like don't do it man don't do it and he starts like lathering him up with shaving cream and then very briskly shaves his mustache off of the straight razor and then he proceeds to uh french kiss him so the black uh a sludge monster
0: can come out of his mouth into the other guy's mouth. Is this the first time the sludge monster transfers bodies? Yes, I think that that is why I don't remember what happened before. I I was much more blown away, maybe not blown away. I remember watching that scene and being confused as to whether Jason was actually like transferring something into this person's body or was straight tentacle raping him. Like, it was not clear to me. I thought, like, part of me was like, is this, like, a sex scene? Like, is Jason trying to get his freak on, and this is how he does it? But then when it became apparent to me that he was m- moving bodies, I was like, okay, and I, I guess I kind of forgot that shaving scene. Um, yeah, mate, uh, yeah. So- sorry to let you down, Zach. I <laughs> did. Uh, no,
1: okay, so Rob had no had no thing with that. So then the, uh, the next scene, which I really like, and okay, so you have so when he so, okay, so you have the the cop that the cop that's now Jason, the recently shaved cop. Yes, he goes to the house, he kills Jessica's mother, and we have that whole scene where like they try they they once again skewer him with like the fire poker. Mm-hmm. They throw him out the window and he disappears. You have a couple scenes in that where you see like like she'll be like she's like she's like get off me, Josh. And she looks in the mirror and she sees Jason's reflection.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty
1: cool. Because uh, even like it's uh, then okay he disappears, and then the next thing we know we're uh, we're at the well not next thing, but uh, the next major like horror spooky moment mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. they're at the Voorhees house the, the 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 douchebag Anchorman's there, and the cop the shaved cop Jason shows up and like transfers his like uh, black sludge baby monster into the Anchorman's mouth yep. and the anchor and like so like the Anchorman just kind of like falls over. And the next thing we know, we see the shaved cop, and he starts to, like, just
0: dissolve into the floor. Oh, yeah. Speaking of RoboCop, he looks like the uh, the guy who gets hit with the toxic goo at the end of RoboCop. Yeah, yeah he's melting. Yeah, I didn't really get that, but I-, I thought it fit. Like something where, you know, oh, Jason was inhabiting this body, and he left, so now it's just melting away or something. Uh, it, yeah. If – I had no problem with it. It was some cool imagery. I I, I- – <laughs> Good.
1: I'm glad to hear you didn't have a problem with it. No, those. Are the yeah, it wasn't this- me. <laughs> it wasn't. I'm glad that wasn't our plane. Uh,
0: <laughs> glad that wasn't my body.
1: <laughs> uh, so no, like, but I think those those are the moments of this film that stand out. Like you have, like this is what, again going back to the Halloween bitching and moaning. Mm-hmm. Is that it's very easy to have Michael Myers go around and stab somebody with a knife. Very easy. Yes. It's very easy to have Jason go around and stab somebody with a machete. You have a Jason kill where he literally dissolve a person dissolves. Not because Jason dumped like a vat of like acid on him or anything like that. It's because Jason's essence and spirit has left the host body. Yeah. that's And the body starts to like melt into the ground until it's nothing but like a pile of like muscles on the floor.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like that is a brilliant
0: slasher movie kill. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's it's unique for sure. When I think about, you know, kind of the slasher movies I have seen and this movie, it stands out, you know, for that kind of the awesome visuals. Yeah, for sure.
1: And really, the next major one is the, when they're at the Voorhees house and the two cops show up, the one that was like her mother's boyfriend, like the police. Yeah. Thing, and then the main uh, the guy protagonist friend and like Duke's in, Creighton Duke's like in the basement with his legs like he gets like what? Um, His leg gets impaled and mm-hmm. so he's like it's like there's two of them here what should i do shoot them no
0: it's like it's like shoot them both it's- <laughs> oh yeah oh that was so good yeah because that's when um when creighton has like fallen through the floor jason
2: will have jumped into a new body by now you can't trust anyone it couldn't be Steve. anyone do you understand <laughs> Jessica! Ed? Ah! Oh, ah!
1: Kill him! No, Ed. Do it! Ed. Oh! Is it really you? Of course. Stay there.
0: Give me the knife.
1: I thought you were dead. You were wrong. Don't come any closer. Kill him! I can't! Oh! Free. Oh. Get the hell away from her, Ed.
2: strike you both of them now do again!
0: It and it's just yeah. the woman above above and <laughs> I love that because it's um the camera cuts when they're talking so it's like you know close up of the girl's face close up of creighton's face close up of the girl's face and I love the fact that on every shot of Creighton's face he was just screaming louder and louder each time shoot them! shoot them both and I was like yes I was like murder them I was like they are the bad guy. <laughs>
1: well even like the setup of that scene is really clever because how it begins we see like like it's a a a first person pov Mm -hmm. and they're whoever it's a cop because we can see the fact they have their gun drawn they're walking through the diner they see the uh the vicky the 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 waitress like on the floor impaled and we know obviously we don't see anchorman jason next thing we know anchorman jason attacks whoever's pov that we're inhabiting yes so when we do get to the Voorhees house and the two cops do show up, we don't know. We genuinely – we know it's one of them, but we don't know. But obviously, ah. again, this is masterful filmmaking from a yeah. slasher film. We are predisposo- uh, eh, predisposed to favor our protagonist's friend, the cop, the other young cop, mm-hmm. because we know that he's a relatively friendly guy. And we know that the, the, the chief, the sheriff, threw Creighton Duke in jail. And then yeah. guess what? Once again subverting expectations. Yeah, the Switcheroo. She, she shoots the guy that we the audience wants her to shoot. We want her to shoot the cop that we don't like. Mm-hmm. And then we learn that the good cop was the bad was Jason. Yeah, the good cop was the bad cop. Cop. Smokey was the bandit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Movies.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nine words. Uh, fire, cigarettes, no, clouds, clouds, cloud! no, no, no! smoke, smoke. Oh. Butch and Sundance, the early years. Death. Sorry. Smokey on the bandit tree. Smokey is the bandit.
1: Um, no,
0: that's, God, that's a really I, – I picked up on that scene, but I didn't really kind of think about it on, uh, in full detail until you're bringing it up now. No, that's – yeah, you're right. That's awesome. Like that, that little twist, you know, I think even when I was watching it the other day, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. But the movie at that point is moving through, you know, so many stages and, and the story is in full swing that I, I think I didn't have time to appreciate it.
1: Yeah, because that's the third element of this movie that it doesn't get enough credit for is that it's paced unbelievably well. Mm-hmm. Like you watch some of those early Friday the Thirteenth films and even the remake, there are moments where nothing of value is happening. <laughs> there's no, there's no filler in this film. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no, there's no biting your time. There's no kind of jogging in place. There is always something going on. It's always advancing the plot forward. Yeah. There's always, it's always, it. Jason's always in trying to get to his goal, of this baby. Yeah. One of the women. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like, even, like, and that's one of the things where it's like, I, I again, I don't know why it doesn't get credit for that. I, I just.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do I don't out. know. This is, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, then getting back to like the kills though, we see like at that point she shoots the, the cop, the old cop, the sheriff.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
1: see the young, the young cop and he goes over and he's about to French kiss the baby. Yep. Unfortunately, we don't get any baby shaving scenes. And, (laughs) and so then our main protagonist comes in with like a machete or a knife and is like, get away from her. And he literally just with a knife, just like almost decapitates him Mm -hmm. to the point where we have like, he taps him and we have like the Jason baby essence come out of his neck. Yeah, that's right. And the Jason baby like demon like goes uh, scurrying around the floor it goes like it bounces around it. One point one of the few hokey shots in this film, it like lunges at our male protagonist. He's like wrestling with it. Yeah, and it's,
0: and yeah. It's very
1: clearly a puppet or like or it's a dummy.
0: Yeah, that's that's the sequence of the movie where I said that Jason turned into the eraser head baby, but fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I feel you. That's
1: that's one of the few hokey moments of the film. Where it's like, oh, okay, like he's clearly, it's like the person, like, it's like when you watch like old horror movies and they throw a cat on someone, you hear the sound, mm. like it's clearly just a stuffed animal. It's like Yeah, you know, and, the
0: person's, and the person's shaking their whole body like it's attacking them, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so obvious, yeah. It's hokey, sure.
1: it's hokey, but I don't blame them for a Jason baby uh, monster.
0: No, sure, and honestly, from what I remember, of course, only seeing it one time, I, it doesn't last that long it's not like it's overly emphasized or anything from what i remember at least is that right no
1: no it's not bad they they don't dwell on the shot sure yeah but
0: it's hokey it's hokey it's noticeable yeah
1: yeah like very easily you can have this thing like like come out of this neck and just drop down to the floor you don't Mm -hmm. need him wrestling with it but uh in the in the house we have the shot where it goes inside the uh the the dead woman's hoo-ha yep so Next thing, but one thing I, I didn't know until preparing for this was, they actually had created, like, a giant demon monster for the characters. Because at this point, Creighton Duke is still alive. Yes. And they're trying to rescue him from the, from the uh, I don't know, what, the trap door, the basement? and, they're, and Yeah. At one, at one point, the three characters, and you can find it online, it's available very briefly, but there's actually, like, a life-size demon monster that they're fighting. Oh. Wow, it's an actual physical like prop. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine it would piss off people because I guess De- J- Jason's not a, a demon monster.
0: Mm, okay, I guess. <laughs>
1: but it's but it's really nifty looking. It's obviously it's it's 100% size from the film. Yeah, yeah. But it's neat. I didn't know about it until this time. So, uh, yeah, if you type I, in, like, like, Jason Goes to Hell deleted scenes, you can find a lot of this. Oh, right
0: online. on. See, I thought you were going to tell me that they made a giant pair of women's legs and a giant, <laughs> uh, giant eraser head baby. <laughs> that shot where it goes in, into the dead woman's vagina was, like, enormous. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting
1: to think that that scene might have been added, like, after the fact.
0: You said before this is that that scene that we're discussing the, the going into the yeah into the vagina scene that was only in the unrated version, right? Yes. Okay. So now, you think it might have been added for that version? I think it
1: was, or it was added like in post production as like a pickup. Yeah. Gotcha. Because if they had, because the whole point of the giant demon was edited out during the editing process. Yes. So if they originally intended for her to be for Jason to be reborn that way, uh, yeah,
0: they, they,
1: they would have needed a scene of like, oh, how does he? Like, I, there, there could be a scene maybe of like the Jason baby, or, or the Jason demon creature. Maybe not the baby, the, the adult Jason demon creature. Yeah, doing yeah. something with the corpse. Who knows? Maybe not something as uh, sexual as uh, sure,
0: sure that way. So well, if he didn't. If they didn't put that in the movie, how were you ever going to get James Gunn's Slither, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that should get bleeped out. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen that movie once, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I I think I also saw it once, and it was... Very sexual, very yes, strangely sexual. Yes, <laughs> but Elizabeth Banks can't go
1: wrong with her, right? No, especially as like a giant ballooning like worm monster, uh, <laughs> a slug creature. Anyway, though, so you ha- so Jason's reborn. He he kills Creighton Duke. They go outside, and oh, uh, one, th- one thing I found is we you know I like the the wrestling like in the nineteen fifties, like playground with like the mm-hmm. jungle gym and yeah. all that between him and like Jason, our main hero is that I always found it weird like, Jason always kills his, like, adversaries immediately.
0: hmm
1: And this guy, he basically
0: toys around with them. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good point.
1: Like, he lightly... Like, I know, obviously, you need a climax.
0: Yeah, yeah but, that's like, what I'm thinking, yeah. But,
1: like, it's one thing when you have, like, the Jason from the first films where it's just... It's clearly, like, a guy. It's not Kane Hodder. It's just a guy in a hockey yeah. mask. Yeah. It's one thing when you have the reborn demon spawn...
0: <laughs> who's who's fucking giant like he's he's like ripped under all those zombie clothes you know <laughs> exactly so I, I, I the jason that could pick up like a jungle gym with one arm yeah he did the skull cracker and our main character would be dead in seconds
1: <laughs> exactly and that's kind of what i expect and so it's like okay clearly we're just biting time so our uh the female protagonist Jessica can go get the, the dagger yeah yeah that's fine like it's, it doesn't bother me though but it's like okay it's like you're you're padding this out a little too much
0: mm okay
1: but no, getting to the very end where Jason's being dragged down to hell once he has been uh, stabbed in the heart yeah. by the dagger oh and have God. all the demon creatures uh, uh, dragging him to hell. Yeah, I, so I, I, I cool. Gro- like Rob said, that is a very cool scene. It's all, another scene that's very well lit. And the Again, hands,
0: I think like the, the texture on the hands, it's like there's sand or dirt, but you can see the cracks and crumbles in them. And I think some of them crumble like when they're grabbing Jason. It's really, really cool. It stood out to me. And, and uh, it's some of the best imagery I've seen in a movie in a while, I think.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's one of those elements of this where you, again, most Jason movies and with him being again killed with his own weapon mm-hmm. or he just he gets uh, what's the word? Oh, God. Kind of, like, uh, reset to where he was before the film started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is a, a very specific thing. He gets literally dragged to hell. And like Rob mm-hmm. said, the design of these creatures, you know, in the deleted scenes, you can see there's actual, like, they use puppets. Not puppets. Yeah. Um, yeah, puppets. To sit there, and make it look a little bit more, um, like, creatures as opposed to just hands dragging him to hell.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And the film basically ends after that. Like, it, it and, and there's no, like... Oh, like like three months later, we see them, like like in a house, like with a white picket fence, and they're like sending their like I don't know they're like uh, I know the kid's still young, but like sending the kid yeah. off to school for her first day. Yeah, there's like none of that. We we see them literally walk off into the sunset, and the maybe one of the greatest. It's not a post-credit scene, but one <laughs> of the greatest ending stingers
0: for a film up until that time. Once was again, the fact. That, yeah, blew we, my fucking mind yeah. <laughs> I was so shocked to see this I never expected it at all
1: Oh yeah and that's why you see the dog You see Jason's mask The dog is sitting there like sniffing the mask mm-hmm. And all of a sudden A glove with knives On the fingers comes out of the ground With the Freddy Krueger like, growl As it drags the mask underground In the oh, movie yeah. ends and, and, like, We have a nice little flourish at the end of the movie
0: And the movie ends Perfect, I thought. The movie started with Blow in My Mind and ended with Blow in My Mind. It was it was great. It is great through and through.
1: Funny thing with that scene, um, Kane Hodder was Freddie's uh, Freddy's arm. Oh, right. So on. he's so he's Good the only him. actor to play both Freddie and Jason in a movie. Nice. Nice. Look at that, Kane Hodder. Good for you. So uh, yeah, and apparently, according to Alan Marcus, that was added in after the fact. Apparently, they need they they didn't know how to end the movie, mm-hmm. and so, not they didn't know, but like they had their ending. And he's like, like he went, to the, he had an idea, and because he, he at that point, Freddy versus Jason was being floated around. Yeah, and he was like, yeah. "How about we have the movie end that way?" Everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest idea ever!"
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, I I like it for sure. There was one thing in there that you didn't mention, Zach, in that movie. Uh, it's, a, it's a line that I have to I have to throw out there. Unfortunately, in my notes, I have nothing but the line. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of the context around this scene, or maybe what happens just before or just after. Um, it is directly after one of my snack ideas. We'll get to that in a little bit, though. So that kind of gives me a sense of where I think it is in the movie, but here's the line. You think you're ready for Tony the Wonder Llama? Do you remember this, Zach? And you don't know the scene? This is the scene. Well, I know the scene that it's the two kids about to have sex in the car. And in the, the, the car. guy the guy is like, well, the girl is like, let's do it. And he goes, you think you're ready for Tony the Wonder Llama? <laughs> Am in I right? The
1: car or in the car or in the tent?
0: Let's do it. You think you're ready for Tony
2: the Wonder Llama?
0: You gotta remember Oh, it might have been in a tent. I might be confusing the car with my snack suggestion, which involves premarital sex. Oh, Jesus. So I might be confusing those two things. It very well might be the tent. But yes, we have a great pre-coitus line. Do you think you're ready for Tony the Wonder Llama? One, why call it Tony? That's fine. You name your penis anything you want to name it. Two, a llama? A llama? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I've heard snake, I've heard you know one-eyed turtle, I've heard cyclops, I've heard a lot of everybody's heard a lot of euphemisms for the penis, but never a llama. What do you got? I've Pubes like a mullet. You're calling it a llama? Like what is this? I've never heard. I I never picked up on that before. It's I, uh, Tony the Wonder Llama. That's killing the mood. If you say it, don't try that at home, kids. <laughs> I have to go back and listen to that now because I, yeah, like, I need to
1: pick up on
0: that. I'm going to have to find the um, – well, I guess that's that's one question. Zach uh, knows that I like to watch everything with subtitles, so this was very clearly displayed to me with subtitles. Do you not watch your things with subtitles? Sometimes, but this
1: is one of those ones but I don't this,
0: need it. Yeah, because – okay, okay. I'm going to – I'll get the clip. I'll let you know what time it is, Zach, but, you know, think about it. That'll be That's our Cinematities question this week. You think you're ready for Tony the Wonderlala? <laughs> <laughs> but, so
1: after uh, of um sex where you have to play fantastic planet on dvd <laughs> you begin the session the the, the the mating ritual by asking someone if they're ready for tony wow, what's the exact line oh you th- you think you're ready for tony the wonder llama so you have to ask that question every time before you engage in the mating ritual. <laughs> Got it. All right. Full Roger disclosure,
0: that. full disclosure. Asking this question and asking for consent are not the same things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we've a tagline <laughs> for cinematics. You need to ask
0: both questions. <laughs>
1: oh, that's It's good. It, it's an and,
0: not an or. <laughs> Oh, man. This whole episode's getting bleeped out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. that Okay, Zach, that was the one line I wanted to mention. Um, you got on all the other good scenes, all those deaths, things like that. Anything else you had, Zach? Or are we getting to the, uh, the real questions?
1: Nope. I think after uh, 17 hours, we're finally getting to some of the wrap-up questions.
0: Okay, okay. So, are we doing snack? Oh, boy. So, I guess I should get into it now that I kind of kind of teased it a little bit. Um, we get a great scene in this movie, very much near the start where our main male character picks up like three or four teenage kids who are going to Camp Crystal Lake. And he's like, hey, what are you kids doing at Camp Crystal Lake? And they're like, oh, nothing. And he goes, oh, I, I thought you were out to smoke some dope, have premarital sex and get slaughtered. And like, that's what he says to this car. And then I think the- he's like, it's a joke, don't worry.
2: Run. Thank you. Oh, so much. Oh, We've right. been there for an hour. Sure. Thank, Thank you. Lot, sure. Uh, so, where
0: are we headed? <laughs> We're going to Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Planning on smoking a
2: little dope, having a little premarital sex, and getting slaughtered.
1: It's a joke. <laughs> it's just a joke. It's a little Crystal Lake levity. <laughs> oh, no. There. So, uh,
0: why are you going to the camp? Oh, now that Jason's
1: dead We're thinking about Smoking some dope Having a little premarital sex
0: And uh, not worry about Getting slaughtered Ah To be young
2: again
0: <laughs> So here's my pitch Zach It is the Jason goes to hell Three Activity meal It's not a Three course meal it's Three activities First As the appetizer You smoke some dope uh, Because that's That's always the appetizer Right Second You have premarital sex now, I should say, you, you, the person ordering this can be married or not married. It's not sex before you've been married. It's sex with someone before you're married to them. It's a very specific thing. It's not like we're oh. saying anybody, yeah, anybody who's already married, they can still get this. They will be cheating on their significant other, but they can still order this without a doubt. So that's the second premarital sex relative to the person you're having sex with. Important distinction. And then last, the dessert, getting slaughtered. What do you think, Zach? This, <laughs> I feel like this is less
1: of a menu I- item and more like a execution. <laughs>
0: but okay. Yeah, so when you go into cinematities, you can get the restaurant side or the lost the will to live side. And there's oh. a, there, there is some
1: overlap, I'm sure. I'm sure it's in there. <laughs> so That's kind of like the non, It's like the smoking versus the non-smoking section.
0: Yes, the restaurant versus lost the will to live side is is our our non-smoking versus smoking. I like it. (laughs) So my only other snack that I also mentioned, um, this one is food-related. I don't know how you would do it, but I absolutely just love the fact that at the start of this movie, after the military blows Jason up in our shot of the diner, they are advertising two sentences. First sentence, Jason is dead. Second sentence, two-for-one burgers. That's it. No mention of what's on the burgers. No mention that they're like. Well, I guess they have the little scene where they're making the burger patties look like hockey masks. That happens, right? Don't we get to see that? Where she like? Yeah, she's cutting it out with her fingernail. Yeah, and that's this. uh, I get why they're doing that because I think when she takes the meat out of the patty for the eye holes, she's like, "Look, we do like three of these. We're gonna get a whole new patty, and we get to save on money." No one's gonna get to see it. Who looks at their patty when they eat a burger? Like if you if you served me a burger and you were like, "The patty looks like Jason Voorhees hockey mask." I would go, "Good for you." Like I'm going to eat it. I'm not going to fucking deconstruct my burger to make sure you did this. Like that's a that's a terrible gimmick, right? I like the idea of having a
1: banner in a restaurant that says, X is dead, two-for-one yes. food
0: item. Yeah, that, that's really, I would say, my snack idea. But it, And it's regular burgers. Like, what the hell is the point of making your burger look like something, your patty look like something, if it's not to scam the customer? Like, And, and hey, if everything, if our audience knows one thing about the Cinemotis restaurant, we care about the customer, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so I... So the sign, I guess I'm failing on my snack ideas. Both of my snack ideas have nothing related to food. One's like a three-action meal that you end up dying with. And then one is just a sign. What do you think? (laughs) Cinematity's decorations?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's more like Cinematity's window dressing and activities.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, okay. Well, my my snacks weren't too great then. Well, what do you got, Snackmaster? Enlighten us.
1: All right. I am the Snackmaster... The Concert of God. Context.
0: Some, so there's, there's another one in there that we've lost track of, um, and the Lego Maniac. No, we, we decided, I think we did like a referendum with our audience, and they all voted that you should not be the Lego Maniac or whatever the fuck the Lego one is, because it's not right, but you're Odd Zack. Oh,
1: I'm Odd Zack? I guess when there was one more in
0: there. Well, they, um, uh, no, the Lego one's gone. All right. The, okay, Lego so one,
1: the Lego one is gone with whatever one we're
0: forgetting. <laughs> it's collateral okay. damage. There's,
1: there's another one that we we need to create another uh, Excel spreadsheet where we document what nicknames I have and which ones we've yeah, lost track be, of. We're,
0: gonna have, we're gonna have series lists, nicknames. <laughs> oh
2: dear.
1: This one's a little bit of a low hanging fruit. Okay. During the restaurant, that same diner restaurant scene when Creighton Duke is ordering food, I think he gets a Jason burger and he also gets some Jason fingers.
0: Oh that's right. And they're like the
1: chicken tenders or whatever? We don't know. We never get to see what a Jason finger is.
0: Oh. So that's
1: my question. My question my cinematic food or what the snack you eat is a question. What would a Jason finger be? Is it just simply like are the little chicken fingers in the shape of like machetes? Are those Jason's fingers? Mm. What but are they even I know you can say chicken fingers, but are we certain it even is chicken?
0: It could be anything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, what do Jason's fingers look like? Do we know? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> because if they're, like, really thin and wispy, maybe they could be, like, f- someone might serve French fries and call them Jason Fingers. Like, or or you know, mozzarella make, maybe, sticks. Yeah, or mozzarella sticks. You know, maybe there's a design where the, the burger is his head and it makes sense that the fries or the mozzarella sticks would be his fingers. Who knows? That's a good idea, Jason Fingers. Okay, you got another one? No, nah, that's pretty much it. Just your low-hanging fruit? Okay. So in the, I guess since we both mentioned it, the burgers, the Jason burger, as we know in the movie, is the regular burger, but with less meat because they took the eye holes out? Is that in more about to believe? And the mouthpiece. Oh, so we get we get even less weight to our food. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Jesus. <laughs> this restaurant sucks. It is a small-town diner, and I'd imagine they're all doing that, right? I hope so. Yeah, they got to save but on Here's my awesome. question, though.
1: What do you put on a Jason burger?
0: Uh, first thing that comes to mind would be a sauce that looks like his blood—that like black ooze stuff. So maybe like a maybe like a molasses barbecue sauce or something like that would be the would be the the dressing, I guess. You would put Swiss cheese on it, like the holes in his mask, okay. right? Okay, okay, we're getting somewhere. Uh, I mean, it has to have at least some ketchup too for the the blood of his victims. Oh well. Okay, there you go. I was about to say the stupid answer and that you need ketchup to make barbecue sauce, but let's just have both. Let's just put ketchup for the red of a human and the barbecue sauce as the dark, I don't know, maroon of his blood. Okay, I like that. How about, okay, ready? A pickle spear, a whole pickle spear to represent the machete. There you go. Okay, what else? What else? uh, Do we do any of the, so we got the, we don't have any Swiss cheese. We got that. We got the patty. What type of
1: bun? I I think you have to pick like a pretzel bun. That's like his mangled face. You have like a mangled
0: bun. Oh, like a like a pretzel bun, but it's smushed, so it's Something like a deformed like pretzel. Okay, okay. You
1: actually, what it is? It's a bun, but it's just pretzel bits, like like a regular pretzel, just like ripped and torn apart,
0: just like smushed together into like a bun. So so it's like it's like all the um all the. All the pretzel tails that got left off at the factory get repurposed for a hamburger bun. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> no, that, that's good. I actually, I really like that. I was going to pitch something, like, fancy. Like, if you take, I don't know if Zach has ever done anything with squid ink. Squid ink is basically, like, a version of salt. Like, it's just sodium heavy. And you, uh, you use it in dishes to, like, uh, add salt and act as food coloring because it makes everything look black. So we would make buns that are black and it would be kind of like his outfit or something was what i was thinking and it would also give kind of a maybe a little spooky macabre sensation to it especially with the color of the sauces on the sides but, but i like the i like the pretzel too we could dye but, the pretzel black does but
1: doesn't i've heard isn't like didn't they do that with like burger king like buns in like japan it like makes people's stools like glow in the dark
0: okay we're going to find <laughs> out if this happened right now because i never heard of that so squid ink <laughs> Made my shit flow <laughs> in the dark. Should I should I have added Japan? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's a hyphen in there somewhere. <laughs> oh no, so okay. What'd you say, Burger King?
1: I could have sworn like Burger King yes. had like a, like a like a black burger in like Squid
0: Ink Squid Ink Burger. Okay, yeah. Let's. This and, is 100 like, percent like, what I was thinking of,
1: and I heard that like. Like, what, I, like, people in Japan were eating this and it was making their, like, stools glow in the dark. Oh, Whoever, like, the enzymes in this stuff mixed with your, like, your body, and, like your, um.
0: Yes, yes. I, uh, so, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I found an article, an article. I'm doing air quotes because today's articles about this shit, and this is from fucking three years ago. Today's articles about this stuff are just tweets. It's like four sentences, two of which reiterate the tweets and then it's the tweets so i'm just going to read you one of the tweets that i find funny uh, i ate a halloween whopper just to see if my poop turned green and it did <laughs> <laughs> so according to this the squid ink burger made people's poop turn green okay not glow in the dark though um i mean i don't know if zach has listened to my correction on glow in the dark <laughs> for that episode or goosebumps but I think people don't fully understand what glow in the dark means. I think basically seventy-five percent of humans are like green and glow in the dark are synonymous. That's an update <laughs> for another time. <laughs> I would imagine like I would imagine the same people who are like, this made my poop glow in the dark are like grass glows in the dark. <laughs> like that that's what I'm thinking with my research into glow in the dark and whatever that whatever that really means. Um, okay, Zach, that was a good snack. <laughs> yes so what's what do you want to go to next oh, Cinemodity,
1: oh, of course is this a and I, or a late night
0: uh, movie yeah I think the two of them have to be lumped together for me in this one because it's a strong of a yes to both of them like I, I want to watch this again as a late night movie I want to show other people this as a late night movie to see their reaction when Jason explodes in the first ten minutes it's a cinemodity for what it did to me and slasher movies how it subverted my expectations when I never thought it would and so great. thank you, Zach. I'm so, so happy you actually, you know, after what you spun the roulette wheel of of Monstober media sixty times, it finally landed on on Jason goes to hell. i'm I'm very happy that we got to do this.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, as a cinemadi, uh, a very lukewarm, yes, ok. Uh, I don't know if it's cinemadi. I think it's this is one of those ones where i it's in the ballpark of like Total Recall where I feel. It's too good. Like, like I feel uh, like if it's one for the fact that people don't treat this proper, I feel like if this was treated properly, it would not be a cinemati. Sure, sure. It's kind of like Scream. Like, Scream, I think Scream's just as much of a garbage movie as any of these other films are. Mm-hmm. Yet for some reason, everybody holds that in such higher regard. Yeah, yeah. And I can't figure out why, considering there's like four of those movies and they're all stupid. <laughs> it, it's... It, like, it's funny, like, Scream gets all the credit for being, like, one of the first meta-horror films.
0: Yeah, that's exactly, yet, you know, how everybody thinks about it, yep.
1: Yeah, in this, we have the comment, like, Rob E. May, where he's like, oh, you guys smoke a little dope, have a little premarital sex, and then get slaughtered? It's yes. like, that's the entire premise of Scream.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, how uh, how much more meta are you going to get, right? <laughs> like, the
1: only way I would call this a cinema, I think one of the few lenses I would look look at this under for a cinema, would be, it's a bright. A, it's a trailblazer. Okay. And two, it is, uh, it's been mishandled by the public.
0: Yeah, yeah. I okay. think that's
1: why, if it deserves a Cinemati, I think, again, is, much like Real Scary Stories, I think if this movie was treated better, I don't think it would be a Cinemati. Okay. Um, I think if it's got more respect, it would, it would definitely... It's like Total Recall. I, I think too many people respect Total Recall for it to be a Cinemati.
0: Yeah, and that gets into, I think, what we've been saying a lot, is, you know, a Cinemati can't be... Accessible. It can't be well renowned. That type of thing. It has to be no. something that's off-putting or people are against in some way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I I think it's a definite late night movie. I think it's campy. I think if you put this on any oh. time of the year. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I think this is a slam dunk of a late night movie. I cannot imagine if you have like like Rob always says if you got somebody in your clutches and much like uh, medical examiner Jason you'd have them tied up to your table about to shave them against their will. <laughs> And instead of shaving them or maybe while you're shaving them, you put this you on this instead. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think I again, this this is a a slam dunk of a late night movie.
0: Oh yeah, I'm going to I think I'm going to try and do this as a late night movie for someone this month being true Monstober. I really want to get someone's reaction to Jason blowing up because it blew my mind so much. I know some people I live near out here that, you know, I can really really, it'll be pulling teeth, but I'll get them to sit down and watch this movie, and I think they're gonna fucking love it. So, great. Rob, I, what you should do is
1: you should invite your friends over, that give you a haircut, and while they're giving you the haircut, you should put this on. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be shaving your face, but you, some, some
0: hair is being shaved,
1: so it works.
0: <laughs> Zach's, Zach's only seen my, the end, the end of one of my backyard haircut parties. There's usually, like, well, last time when Zach saw it, there were nine people that came through for that. So nine people getting to see Jason goes to hell—that's a win in my book. <laughs> but it has to be playing while the haircuts are going on. Yeah, I'm gonna—I'm thinking like um, I'll set up. A, I usually do the haircuts in my backyard, but I'll set up like a tarp in front of the TV in the living room, so you can face the uh, the TV and watch it while the haircuts happening.
1: Bonus points if there's warm shaving or a hot shave involved.
0: See, that's what Heather doesn't do, which I'm bummed about. She doesn't do the hot foam. Well, waste. I know. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you go to – well, that's the thing. I, I, she went to school for hairstyling, and I'm sure she knows how to do it. I think she just doesn't do it, but it's a bummer. So w- I'll have to, you know, kind of get that set up myself. It'll be a whole, you know, tons of cogs in a wheel, but it'll happen, Zach. It'll happen. Yep. Haircut party, Jason goes to hell, mustache shaving extravaganza.
1: Bose point somebody, then a French kisses a a black bile
0: monster into your (laughs) belly. (laughs) That I think that would be the end of the haircut parties.
1: Oh, that's and just I really, where they begin. I really
0: like the haircut parties because I don't have to pay for them.
1: <laughs> no, that, that's where the party begins. Is it the part where somebody spits a bile monster <laughs> into somebody else's mouth? That's the haircut party after dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that after all the talk of the uh, the the Jason bile monster, no, none of the snacks involved that to any capacity. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. I mean, nothing really popped into my head with food. I think primarily because it climbed into a vagina, you know, <laughs> that, that that probably, you know, turned off all my food thoughts from this oh, little baby. Geez. And I only could really think of it as the eraser head baby. That's how I, I, I like, thought about it immediately. All right.
1: So, Rob, how are we going to end this episode?
0: I, I would like to if we don't have any other ideas, there's some music at the start of this movie. Jason goes to hell. And uh, it includes some really, really cool sounds. So let's use that in reverse. What do you think? All right. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if you know the. Uh, I guess that's a question. Is this music the iconic Jason music? Is there iconic? There is, right? Is this well, like. There's the,
1: there's the Jason.
0: Uh, key, key, uh, key, oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, I know that one. But what about the theme? Uh, not really. Okay, okay. Well, this this, the intro to this one, it has some really cool sounds, like I said. Uh, it has the sound of, like, I don't know if you remember these, Zach, but there's, like, it's like a tube, just a just a cylinder. And when you would turn it, gravity would go into effect, and there'd be this little noisemaker in the tube, and it would go, like, wow. And then you turn it back over, and go, wow. Does
2: this
0: make any sense to you? Does this sound familiar? I think so. So I honestly think they use one of these in the composition of this music.
1: <laughs>
0: so that's what we're gonna play backwards.
1: Oh boy. Monstober! Still two more episodes. Woo!